0: The St. Louis Cardinals are the odds-on pick to return as National League Central champions. They didn't make the big splash in the offseason, but they still look solid. Do you know who also look solid? J.D. Afrin of Locked On Cardinals, who's joining the show. This is Locked On MLB.
1: You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Salva. If you don't believe me, then how could I have this lower third? please call me Sully. I am an Emmy nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last gosh, decade, more than a decade? Has it been that long? And I've been part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I felt like I just got here. This is gonna be my fifth season. Fifth season. Well, there you there you go. I almost said a bad word. Then how could we sell our fan duel if I did that? Hey. Uh, you can follow the show at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and to YouTube. Or tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown MLB. Or check out so many other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including Let's Pick One Completely at Random. Oh, how about... Locked on Cardinals with J.D. Haffron, who by complete coincidence is in our waiting room. J.D., mm-hmm. welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you, Sully. Thank you very much for having me, buddy. How you been?
0: Uh, all right. All right. I'm just kind <laughs> of itching to have the season start, quite frankly, at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, the last time you were on in the off season, where I did, I had my vow to have on every single team, a representative of every single team, preferably from the Lockdown Podcast Network, which I'm not sure if you're aware of, but it's your team every day. Um, b- between the end of the World Series and the beginning of uh, spring training games, just got it under the wire. Um, Angels were the last one. But um, you and I talked kind of at the before the free agent frenzy started. And... I was I was really sort of being the cheerleader. Not that I'm a Cardinals fan, but I'm a baseball fan. And I felt that Carlos Correa would have been a really solid fit, or maybe Dansby Swanson, for that matter, or freaking Xander Bogarts would have been a, a, a fit. Maybe Trey Turner would have been a fit. Is there another one I can throw out there? <laughs> uh, at shortstop with St. Louis. And I felt that they – they're obviously a good team. They were a ninety-some odd win team last year. Went to the postseason, but they to get to that next leap to get back to the World Series for the first time since uh, you know well before I was a member of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, I felt they could have made a splash in free agency, and um, now the Cardinals were the only team that did not try to hold a press conference with Carlos Correa this offseason. <laughs> As he went back to Minnesota, Um, what are your thoughts of this offseason for this team, which is still probably the consensus pick to win the division, but interesting to sort of figure out what kind of uh, splash they made?
1: Well, the offseason, I think a lot of the fans would, would say that they found it a bit underwhelming. Uh, Wilson Contreras was a great signing because it's something they absolutely had to go get. They didn't really have a choice to uh, you know, decide, well, we could do this or that. They needed a catcher. They had to go get one. Uh, they decided instead of trading prospects, uh, possibly pieces of the future to go get Sean Murphy out of Oakland, that Wilson Contreras was right there coming from Chicago and was really excited about joining St. Louis. Apparently, this is something that was kind of in the works and in his mind at the end of last season while he was still wearing a cubs uniform. Uh that's the story we got from him and um they needed him but other than that they really didn't do much. It was kind of a kind of a a week off season for them but after watching what some of these guys have done during spring training you can kind of see and understand why they didn't go out and feel the need to spend $200 million on another position player, because they've got a lot of depth going on in their system at a number of different positions. And if they were going to add a big piece, we mentioned the shortstops there got a pretty good one. And Tommy Edmond, who uh, is gold glove caliber type of guy won one at second base moves over to shortstop last year, didn't get enough games at shortstop to qualify uh, for the gold glove at shortstop but uh, would have been right up there with uh, Dansby Swanson who ended up winning. Um, In the outfield, they've got a ton of guys that are fighting to make this roster, one of them being their top prospect, Jordan Walker. And as far as shortstops go for the future, they've got another one who's Mason Wynn, who's their number two prospect, who's destroying the ball in spring training. And yes, it's spring training, but it's the first time that a lot of us have gotten to be able to put eyes on Mason because he hadn't made it past double A. And he looks like the total package. He's got pop. He's got the cannon for the arm. Good defender. A lot of speed. Uh, The question was always whether or not he could hit at the pro level. And so far, he's proved everybody wrong. He's hitting well over 300 this spring. So you can understand why they they didn't go out and get it. But I I think Cardinal fans would say they were disappointed with the offseason, that they weren't one of those teams that got in in the bidding wars for one of those big free agents.
0: Well, and I also think you're going to see that, you ask Cardinal fans, would you rather win the winter or the fall? Um, I think they would rather win the fall. Uh, And every year there's a team that goes out and makes some big splash here or there or everywhere and is at home playing golf when the World Series is on. Um, Mm -hmm. It's tough for Cardinal fans to complain uh, that the Cardinals haven't gone out and acquired enough stars when one and two in the MVP race... Were Goldschmidt and Arenado, and mm-hmm. while they gave up some young talent to get them, at this point at least, it's worth it. You know, the, the, they haven't seen the, there hasn't been the proverbial Ryan Sandberg tossed in in this trade yet. Again, it's early; some of them could develop and could blossom, but uh, to add to have a one-two punch of Goldschmidt and Arenado you know, recent or at least relatively recently acquired and inserted onto this team. I think that takes that allows them to bring in the Newt bars and the Carlsons and and, you know, experiment with Edmund at uh, at shortstop and trying to see what, you know, now now is Donovan hurt? Is, is Brendan Donovan injured at this point, or am I am I getting my am I f- mixing up uh, young talented middle infielders in my head?
1: At the time of this recording, Brendan Donovan is perfectly healthy, hitting over three hundred in spring training. Uh, has actually put on some muscle. Uh, got one of those new bats. I don't know if you knew about. Paul Goldschmidt getting the new bat last year with the hockey puck. And like, yeah, they talked about it a lot. So, um, but he ended up going and getting the same stuff done. So he's okay. got a new bat and he's got four home runs this spring has, uh put a, a little extra pop into his bat. Uh, he's had a heck of a spring so far and he's penciled in to be your everyday uh, second baseman at the moment. But, you know, he can play second short outfield. He can play everywhere except catcher and pitcher, as far as we know.
0: All right, I have to tell you what happened here. Um, I, I confused him for a second with uh uh the young shortstop with or the young infielder with the uh with the pirates whose name is escaping me right now. Um uh God, what the heck is his name? Um The Shortstop? Yeah, was it uh, O'Neill Cruz? Not O'Neill Cruz, is uh uh, you know, it just gives you an idea of how well I'm. How, there's there's a player on the there's a player on the the Pirates who got hurt, and our dear friend okay. Smith was panicking. And I'll tell you, I have been. By the way, uh, not to get all Oppenheimer on you, I can't wait to see Christopher Nolan's next movie about Oppenheimer. But uh, as Oppenheimer said, "I have become death, destroyer of worlds." Uh, I will paraphrase that. I said, "I have become sully destroyer of players," because whenever I post. Whenever I, we're recording, this a few days in advance, and whenever I try to do that, I say, okay, I got one in the can. Inevitably, someone gets hurt from the team that I was talking about. Like I, we had on uh, Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers doing an effusive podcast about the Dodgers and bringing up Gavin Lux. The nanosecond I hit publish, well, Lux is out for the year. Like, oh my God. <laughs> um okay sorry my bad and then we the same thing happened we did oh ryan finkelstein i did a great thing about the Mets, how good they look and oh edwin diaz is hurt so uh, i'm covering my my bases here and and i may have to do a little bit of editing uh jd tough news for the cardinals the injury to insert Cardinal player name here really is going to devastate them. Who do you think they're going to have to acquire to fill the hole that insert position here? Oh man. No one saw that injury coming. Okay. If something happens, I can just edit it in and we could just not miss a step here.
1: Now, now we're safe and covered. Uh, hopefully nothing does happen because that's been one thing about this spring. The the Cardinals have stayed relatively healthy. The only guy that's really dealt with an injury that, could be somebody that's on the roster. I guess two guys has been Dylan Carlson, who you mentioned uh, has had some arm fatigue, nothing major. And then Paul, DeYoung, young who's had arm fatigue and some back issues, but he's kind of like the last guy on the bench now. So if they can get through all of that, and those are the only injuries they got to worry about, then I'll think they'll take it.
0: Well, what are the odds that they've gone through this without a major injury? I think pretty, pretty small. I Very mean, small. You, would, you shouldn't bet on a team going through spring training without getting right. injury. Uh, But if you are going to bet, go to FanDuel. FanDuel, that's our new partner. It's the tournament. The NCAA tournament is heating up. Nobody's brackets are perfect anymore unless you went to Farley Dickinson University. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Yeah, we're supposed to sing this copy. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe and secure and easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out. On your no sweat first bet, up to $1,000 when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Go there to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports book partner of the NBA. Look at that. All right, we're here with JD Afrin of a locked on Cardinals. Now, look at, uh, I think Contreras was a no brainer, as you said. But we're gonna go. We're gonna find something interesting about the Cardinals. And I think when when Millard Thomas and I were talking about you know the possibility of the Cardinals, you know, like we basically went through the six teams that made the playoffs last year, and they're all favored to make it again. So we were trying to say, well, what could happen to make them not get in? And one of the things I brought about the Cardinals, and I want to have your take on this: the the Cardinals rotation is not bad, but it's not great. No one's going to confuse them with the Braves rotation. No one looks at them and, oh, man, they, they've got Cy Young winners up and down. As of, you know, Miles Michaelis, Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, Wainwright is back for his 19th season or whatever it is, uh, Stephen Matz. N- not a bad name in that bunch, but also... I don't find any one of them to be you know it, it's not one of those like you're 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 shaking in your boots it's just solid. Now without Molina there and Molina's been there was there for a long time and had a revolving door of pitchers and sometimes unlikely pitchers had really really big years under uh, the tutelage of Molina. I think this is a watershed year for for the Cardinals to move on from Yadier Molina and to just assume that whichever pitcher they put up there is going to do well, because you don't have one of the Molina's catching the ball. Um, Obviously they went from one world series winning family to another world series winning family with the Contreras. But it's going to be interesting. I think to see the pitching staff make the transition with Molina, no longer there to see, um, how their depth is going to hold out. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I would agree. Uh, the one thing that we've said about the, the rotation, and you named all those names, is it, it seems like a lot, of, a lot of threes and fours as opposed to aces and number twos. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of good pitchers, but like you said, nobody that really scares you, which is something that I, I'm nervous about when it comes to playoff time because you get into these situations where, You need a pitcher to take a game for you, and we haven't really seen that happen in St. Louis since the the great days of Chris Carpenter when he was doing that. He was somebody who could go out and shut a team down for nine innings and get you the win, where none of the guys that are in the current rotation are are capable of doing that. We haven't seen it from any of them ever, especially Wayno at his age. Uh, Michaelis is arguably your best pitcher there. A little bit underrated, in my opinion, because if you right. go look at his numbers, you look at his win loss record, and it, nothing stands out to you. You're Like, Ugh. but does I don't really win-loss. No. I know. I right. win loss record. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's it doesn't really become that relevant anymore. You look at the other things that go on, the analytics, and what he's doing, and he's a pretty darn good pitcher. But again, nobody's going like, "Oh man, we got to face Miles Michaelis today." There, I don't think anybody is saying that ever and by the way I think beyond I mean
0: you brought up you know looking at like the 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 analytics I think even for those people there are a lot of people who don't care about the analytics they really don't and who are much more interested in like traditional stats and I don't poo-poo them because they're like I don't care I'm not building a fantasy baseball team I'm Mm -hmm. I'm care do they win or do they lose don't look at the win-loss record I care if they win or they lose The win-loss record now tells you virtually nothing. And I what I wish they would do instead of posting the win-loss record when you see the probable starters is just just using just pure traditional stats show what an average start would be. You know, the average start is this number of innings, this number of earned runs, this number of hits, walks, strikeouts, just a regular line. This is what an average start for him would be. Mm -hmm. I did that a couple – I did that – maybe the previous off season or where there was a bunch of years where the Cy Young, especially in the eighties and nineties where win loss record was the, was all anyone looked at. And like the year that oral Hershiser won the Cy Young award in 88 and the previous two, the season before and afterwards, he was a 500 pitcher. Um, if you looked at his average start, those three years were virtually identical. Mm-hmm. You know, but in 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 eighty seven and eighty nine, the Dodgers didn't hit for him, so therefore yeah. he had a five hundred record. You know, so I think. Uh, but you look at Michaelis's just a, what a normal. I should have done this, and maybe I'll go do this, in, in, you know, in the future. But um, you know, I'm sure if you take a look at an average start from him, be it would be a good, solid quality start. Which, for a team that has a little bit of depth in their bullpen and a terrific lineup. Might be all you need, at least to win the division.
1: Mm. Yeah, and that, that's something that uh, stands out to about Miles Michaelis's stats. If you want to go, you mentioned the word quality starts. Uh, he had 22 of them last year. So that that if you want to look at one number that might simplify things for those who who don't want to look at all the nerdy stats and stuff, and yeah. I don't blame you. I get it. <laughs> but uh, he he was really really good. Lost a lot of games by one run. Uh, where he pitched fantastic, uh, and the win-loss record just doesn't match up with how good he actually pitched last season. But uh, back to the point of you know looking for an ace or somebody else to to bolster that rotation, they didn't do it. Uh, what they, I think the plan is, and, and maybe I'm just you know wishful thinking here, but I think the idea is is to go as far as they can leading up to the trade deadline this year, and seeing where you are and hopefully with the guys that they do have, that they trust them to have them in a situation where they are pushing for a playoff position. And then that's when they decide that, okay, now we can use some of these prospects that we built uh, in this excellent, excellent organization to trade for a piece that would become available. Cause there just really weren't a lot of aces to go get the one that they kind of seemed interested in was Carlos Rodon, who clearly wanted to be a Yankee and that's where he wa- he was going to go. And right. they weren't going to be in the in you know the bidding for DeGrom or Verlander. Neither one of those guys probably wanted to come to St. Louis anyway. So there wasn't really an, a lot of aces out there to go get. So they said, you know what? We'll hold off and let's see what happens when we get into July and then maybe we can make a move for somebody who is considered a number 1.
0: Let me ask you a question about someone whose name seems has been popping up the last couple of years pitcher from within their system, Matthew Liberatore. Um mm-hmm. what now I know he was underwhelming last year on um, yeah. the parent club, but he is someone who is still I mean he's still very young, he's still talented. Um he's had um he's had some experience uh in the major league level. Um what are the thoughts on him? And is he someone that they're looking at to be in that rotation or a builder of the pen, or is he a trade chip?
1: I would say he if if they're going to keep him, they're looking at him as a starter. I, I don't expect him to be on the team on opening day. Uh, they, they've got their fill of guys. As far as uh, injury-wise, they're okay right now. So they've got their five, and they've also got uh, a couple of guys who could be that swing man in the sixth spot uh, ahead of Liberatore. Uh, What they could do is just put him back down to AAA, where you mentioned he kind of struggled last year. This spring, he's looked really, really good. Uh, So far this spring, 1.80 ERA in uh, 10 innings, which we know, small sample size. Uh, The thing that stood out to me so far about him is that he's not walking, guys. He's only got one walk this spring, which was kind of his problem. He wasn't attacking hitters. He didn't trust his stuff. You know, you hear these cliches, but that's really what was going on with him. People saw the stuff that he's capable of putting out there. He just wasn't throwing strikes enough. And now that he is, he's looked really good this spring, but I would think he'd be bad at Memphis for a triple a, uh, at the start of the season. And then if he needs to be a a part of, of a trade later on, I don't think they're like in love with him where he's one of those untouchables. He's not, jordan walker he's not mason Wynn. right uh I, I think they're more than happy if that's what it takes to get a number one when they need him uh at that trade deadline that he'd be somebody that they'd be more than happy to move on from but at the same time if they're keeping him i think he's somebody they look as part of the rotation next year because going into next year they've only got one guy under contract <laughs> so uh they're yeah. gonna need somebody to throw the ball
0: <laughs> yeah i mean look at um Look, it's tough to be a GM for a team like this. We all know that that you're trying to piece together. But it's like you have the the Cardinals must be a really challenging team to be a general manager for because they do have a window of opportunity that's now. You don't acquire Arenado and Goldschmidt to say, "Oh, we're that." Those are oh a couple of years down the line. No, they're MVPs now or MVP candidates now. Goldschmidt won. I probably would have given it to Arenado, but I mean, to, mm-hmm. at that, by the end of the year, it was a coin toss between the two of them. It wasn't like Goldschmidt, what are you talking about? You know, right.
1: Um,
0: but you don't have those guys under contract in their prime right now and thinking about 2024, 2025. You're trying to get to the playoffs now and hope you go for a very long run. And that's, you know what? That's the responsibility of the general manager. And let me tell you something it is no game being a general manager unless. You're playing ultimate pro baseball GM. Now, let me tell you something. You don't know this about me. When I was a kid, I used to have kind of, I had fake baseball teams and I used to create stats for them. And I played my digital diamond. So I'd play the games and I was the general manager. For a while, I had monster baseball. You know what that was? Those were monsters playing baseball. And I had a whole league of monsters playing baseball this is the origin of my brain later my brother and i would play hardball one and we would play and keep stats we had a scorebook and like Mm -hmm. we would be keeping track of each other then i had my whole league where i knew every team and everywhere and all the major league teams but i also put a team in bridgeport connecticut the home of my mom and dad so, they, so Bridgeport was taking on New York and Los Angeles and everything, and Bridgeport always lost the World Series. It was heart-crushing. But I got to do <laughs> I've been doing that my whole life. Now here I am, age 50, finally moving on. Hell no! I am all into the ultimate baseball GM. And in the game, I have my new team, which are the Honolulu Waves. That's right. I've gone from Bridgeport, Connecticut to Honolulu. Am I going to put monsters on the team? I don't know. I'm trying to draft them. But guess what? You can manage every aspect of your team. Play through the season. Lead your team to glory. You've got to hire the right coaches, staffs, scouting, find monsters, draft players, manage the difficulty of personality. Some of them are monsters and navigating your franchise through free agency and the ups and downs of the regular season. All this in a challenging, realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable online play, play as you go, play outside, play in the job play when you're supposed to be working, wherever you want. Locked on MLB listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit ProBaseballGM.com. Easy for you to say. Scan the code or look it up at the app store. I can't do all the work for you. That's ProBaseballGM.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your baseball dynasty today and go Honolulu Waves. (laughs) Welcome to Locked on Honolulu Waves. We're here with J.D. Haffron of Locked on Cardinals. Now when the Cardinals are going to play the Honolulu waves, do you Mm -hmm. think that it's going to be as, as intense? And do you think that the rivalry that the Cardinals have with Bridgeport matches those classic (laughs) days when they were playing monster baseball? (laughs) I'm sorry, my, I'm I'm not well, it's going to be
1: tough. It's going to be tough for uh, a good rivalry with Honolulu because of the amount of, you know, flights the time in a flight yeah. to get back and forth it's got to be rough on those guys in other ways man the flight from,
0: <laughs> think of the flight from bridgeport Connecticut to honolulu especially in, a, in an airplane full of monsters
1: you know <laughs> that's a rough flight
0: it's a rough flight yeah godzilla's <laughs> sitting there with his feet up i was obsessed with two, i was obsessed with two things as a kid baseball and japanese monster movies and I and I merged them like Brundlefly. I merged them into one thing, which is monster baseball, which God, I wish That's I the, I wish I had I had I made monster baseball cards, which were like monsters, but like sliding and, and jumping up in the air. Yeah.
1: What happened to them, Mom? Mom throw them out? What happened?
0: Oh, my my believe, it, my mom would have them they'd be framed if my mom was there. My mom's listening, by the way. <laughs> and she will she I had the digital diamond baseball game, which was Tomy. Uh, which were electric games, but they weren't really. They're just LED lights and springs. So (laughs) my mom would hear me for hours upstairs and hear (laughs) like little things whirring. (laughs) And the little thing pops up and I would keep score in my little scorebook and see if they they would win monster with the monster.
1: They yell at you. I don't hear sleeping going on up there, Sully. Oh my
0: look, my mom was happy (laughs) with staying out of trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's, a, that's another I will
0: acknowledge the World Baseball Classic once they allow Monster Baseball in there um, ah, all right, That would that, be a
1: huge ratings get right there, guaranteed
0: Alright, welcome to Lockdown Monster Baseball We're here <laughs> with J.D. Afrin of uh, uh, Lockdown Cardinals Talk about it playing the Bridgeport Sound That was the name of the team in Bridgeport, the Sound Oh, uh, okay Because they were on the Long Island Sound It made sense to me mm-hmm. um, Not everything makes sense, but that one made sense to me J.D., What's your biggest worry about the Cardinals going into the 2023 season? Because, I mean, like, just the, the their biggest obstacle for the division has to be Milwaukee because the Cubs aren't there yet and the Reds aren't there yet. And while I think the Pirates are a little bit better than they were last year, big leap there, but they're not, I don't think they're going to lose 100 games, um, I still don't see anyone else winning the division. But you're a Cardinal fan, you are you have a closer view of it than I do. What's your biggest concern about them going into this year?
1: Well, I hate to repeat anything, but it has to be the starting rotation if any injuries happen. And they will, because that's just baseball, you know? Uh, a rotation mm-hmm. rarely stays intact, all five of them, for an entire 162-game season. And the guys that they've got in the rotation, all of them have had injuries of some sort, except for Jordan Montgomery, who's kind of the biggest unknown out of the five guys, because you saw glimpses of what he can be when he first came over from the Yankees. And then his final month of the season kind of, meh, not, not the greatest. And he kind of came back to earth and maybe that was national league teams being able to scout him better, getting to see him another time. Who knows? But, um, I feel like that would be the biggest question mark, because if somebody goes down, do you have guys who are good enough to take over those spots in the rotation and continue winning with? You mentioned that the bullpen has got some great arms in it. How many of those guys can step up and throw five innings? Most of them aren't ready for that. Most of them are all geared towards being those one inning guys, which I know is quite annoying to guys like you and me who why can't these guys throw two, three innings? I don't understand it. Why are they only geared to throw 15 pitches and they can only go winning? I don't know. But at the same time, uh, the guys that they do have that are capable of throwing the extra innings, um, they're not great. Dakota Hudson, who may not even make this team out of of spring training. Uh, They've got Jake Woodford, who's looked really, really good the last couple of years, but are they ready to trust him to be one of the starting five if somebody goes down? You mentioned Libertor. Hasn't had a lot of success, uh, good this spring, but is it going to carry over into the regular season? Is he somebody who could uh, end up taking one of those spots? That's the biggest question mark, because I think they've got plenty of depth everywhere else. Obviously, you lose somebody like a Goldie or an Arenado, it's going to be a huge blow to your team. Nobody survives that normally, but something that's more realistic is one of those pitchers getting hurt or having to spend some time, uh, on the IL for, you know, one or two weeks. It doesn't have to be a major injury, but I think that's where they're going to be tested is do they have guys that can step up in a situation like that and help these guys win and push towards the playoffs, uh, coming up in July and, uh, going into August.
0: You know, you guys, at some point you got to look up and you'll see, You know, I think the main thing for the Cardinals is you're right. They have so much depth in their minor league system. Um, If there is an injury, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm borderline fascinated with Libertor and I'll tell you why he's one of those young pitchers. And I, I can't help but wonder why it wouldn't be a good strategy to do what Earl Weaver used to do. And what the Cardinals actually did with Adam Wainwright, which is to, bring them up to the major league level and give them roles and out of the bullpen so they can get used to pitching Mm -hmm. in the majors. You wouldn't be putting a major toll on their arm and no one goes more than six innings anyway. So he's going to go two innings here, two innings there to build up his confidence and maybe eventually find themselves in uh, a situation where, uh, you know, they can, they can contribute. I always call, I like to call this, there's also the other factor, which is called, uh, Dylan Cease syndrome, uh, which is Dylan Cease was a good pitcher who out of the blue last year had a great year. You know that there's a couple. There's enough guys on the Cardinals that I look at and go like, okay, this guy's okay, he's not bad. But every year there's someone Cease. A couple of years ago it was former Cardinal Lance Lynn, also mm-hmm. with Chicago. Like, is he is he going to win the Cy Young award? You know he didn't, <laughs> but he like had a he had a year where at least it was saying that out loud didn't get you committed to an insane asylum. Um, I think there's enough pitchers on this team. And I think this is going to go a lot towards uh, uh, Contreras who are good pitchers that may have, you know, you got to hope that one or two of them have a career year and let's face it. There's a plethora of outfielders on the team. There's the kid Herrera, who is the catcher, who is now blocked by Contreras you could put together if if there is a quality pitcher out there, um, i like like I don't know. I mean, did I, I think Marcus Strowman is going to be a free agent? You got to just sort of pick the pick the carcass of of a team that you know stinks. Yeah, <laughs> and say you've got a major leaguer there. How do you like mm-hmm. Herrera to be your catcher of the future? Yeah. You know, I mean that's really you gotta the it, it, they should they should change their name this year from the St. Louis Cardinals to the St. Louis Vultures because that's what they're going they should be doing. They should be because the I'm sorry, the window of opportunity is right now. You can't go trade away all the players they got for for or Arenado and Goldschmidt and be, well, we're gonna win a few divisions and maybe have a, no, you gotta try to make a great run for yeah. it. And I think one of the things we've seen with essentially with essentially with the last with the last 162 game seasons you know not counting the covid year you know the the nats had tremendous pitching depth up and down the the braves had mind boggling depth in their bullpen the astros pitching depth was just through the roof um you know that seems to be if you want to make a big run at it uh making sure there's always a good solid major leaguer on the mound chucking it seems to be the seems to be the key.
1: Yeah, and, and one of the things that was brought up uh a lot in this offseason was the one guy that they did trust in the playoffs against the Phillies who threw in game 1 and was outstanding, they let him walk. Jose Quintana, they didn't even try to yeah. bring him back. Uh he goes well, to the Mets and has that unfortunate rib thing yeah. going on and uh you know, we feel bad for Q because He was outstanding with the Cardinals, but that's how much they believe in the guys that they have. They think they've got enough to get them through and that, like you said, hopefully when they're going towards the trade deadline, one of those teams that's got an ace that maybe we can give him up. You know, somebody like a lot of Cardinal fans have their mindset and their hearts are are hoping that Shane Bieber becomes available from Cleveland. That's who they're all in love with. And they're hoping that Cleveland falls on their face and decides that they would like to move them because that's somebody they think that would be a a really good fit in a Cardinal uniform. Uh, The the problem was when I was going through some of the starting pitchers and aces, first off, there's not a lot of really good ones that are going to be free agents next year that are coming up. And uh, the ones that are on teams, they're on good teams that are probably going to make the playoffs. There just wasn't a lot out there. For them to go if they wanted to give up, say, a top two or three prospects, go get who there just wasn't anybody out there. I'll give you
0: two, I'll give you two names of Cardinals past, which should m- maybe be the route they're thinking of. It's maybe not, maybe it won't be of uh, the big star, you know, Shane mm-hmm. Bieber, former Cy Young Award winner. I mean, think about when they got Jeff Weaver off the trash heap. Yeah. and and you get sometimes getting that person to be like, darn it, I gotta prove something to myself. You know, you're you know at that point if you get someone in July or August, you're not saying give me 162 innings, give me 34 starts. You're saying give me two solid months, mm-hmm. dig deep in, especially if you know you could be a free agent. I mean, think about last year; their big acquisition was Jordan Montgomery, and you know in the in the Harrison Vader trade. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Jordan Montgomery was a good pitcher for New York last year, but nobody was reserving room in Monument Park for the Jordan Montgomery plaque to go up. And, but, and the
1: Yankees it, were looking for pitching, and they gave up pitching well, yeah, go get better, you know, which pitch. was...
0: <laughs> it never made sense to me. That that, that deal was... That, that, that was... I, I don't know what was happening in that. But the fact of the matter is, I think the Cardinals are going to... This is when you get the good scouts and you say, oh, this picture, I see something in this picture. If we make this adjustment or this, you know, sometimes you need to change the scenery. Yeah. You know, and 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 sometimes you get someone who is toiling away on a lousy team and suddenly you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, I'm in a pennant race.
1: No. You now somebody like, like Quintana last year, who was with the pirates and was having a solid season yeah. and ended up being somebody, I mean, anybody could have had him before the season started and he, he fell to the pirates because nobody yeah. really wanted him. And then all of a sudden he becomes a big piece and signs a nice deal with the Mets. Uh, you're right. There are those stories. Uh, yeah. I just, I know people always want to hear a big name and I just don't know who's going to be available. Obviously we're yeah, very but that, far away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> They want the big name, but then when the big name falls on their face, then you know that you know it's the harder they fall situation. Sometimes yeah. you're better off getting something that's under the wire and uh maybe not as uh, a high profile, but someone's yeah. like, Hey, I got a chance to pitch again. Yeah, every yeah. virtually every time you see a championship team, there's always at least one or two players who they acquired They a God with the trade deadline. Nobody, I mean, think about, I mean, you're never going to have a better example than 2021. When you go to the, the, the Braves lose their entire damn outfield and freaking, uh, uh, Jorge Soler wins the world series MVP. And, uh, uh, Rosario was the NLCS MVP. And if there was a division series MVP, it probably would have been Peterson, you know, Uh, And it's sort of like, and all three of those guys were afterthought acquisitions in July or August. And 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 they wake up and, hey, I have a chance to be on a winner.
1: Yeah. Uh, And and let's think about just the Cardinals teams in the past. Guys like David Eckstein, David Freeze, uh, Michael Waka, Jeff Supan. Guys that, they're not the big names, but those are the guys that came through in the playoffs and ended up winning awards and winning you championships.
0: Supan was a great example. I mean, he was the NLCS MVP in 2006. When I think about my dad's favorite team, the Giants, and who was in that star-studded NLCS between the Giants and Philadelphia, who was the MVP, Cody Ross, who was picked up <laughs> off the slag heap. And the next the next time they are in the NLCS, who was the big hero of that? Marco Scudero. And then mm-hmm. the next time in the NLCS, I'm sorry to bring this up, Travis Ishikawa is the one who gets the big, huge home run. I mean, it's yep. sometimes – and all those were guys who were just sort of like picked up here, picked up there, and, mm-hmm. you know – you know scudero is one of the best examples again sorry he, he you know, they beat the cardinals in the NLCS <laughs> that year but he was there were tons of huge trades made in that in that trade deadline like the biggest one yeah. was Zach grinky going from uh milwaukee to the angels and what turned out to be the biggest move marco scudero mm-hmm. completely under the wire and so uh, you know that's when the scouts and that's when the general managers and by the way if you want to be a general manager Oh wait, we already did that. Uh... <laughs>
1: I'll give, I'll give, I'll give you another one real quick too. uh the, there was a big trade for the Cardinals going on to win that World Series in 2011. Remember the name Colby Rasmus? Oh my yeah, god, big... who was supposed to be the? He was supposed to be the next Stan Musial. Exactly for and him and uh, Tony La Russa did not get along, nope. and they decided to ship him. They trade him to Toronto. They get three guys. Jeff Chinsky,
0: Jeff Chinsky was yep,
1: one? Yeah, Mark with uh, um, Edwin You want you want to try it? You want to try and figure them all out? <laughs> uh, think, oh, god. Um,
0: was they had it was I think Edwin Jackson. Yes. was on that. He I, th- I think he's still pitching. Um <laughs> and I want to say a, I want to say there was an, an outfielder in the deal, but I can't uh, Jeff Chinsky, there was. Who was. who was it?
1: Uh, it was, uh, uh, Corey Patterson was the outfielder, but the other pitcher that was a big deal was Octavio Dotel. Oh, so all, I didn't
0: okay. I didn't know he was in that deal. Okay.
1: Yeah. So all three of those guys come in and just bring that bullpen together and they fix all the holes that they had. They got their lefty. They got a couple of varieties. They got veteran presence and they go and win a world series with this guy, these guys, and none of them, it would you have said is like. Wow, those are going to be big pieces at the end of the year, aren't they? No, you never would have thought that. So you're you're absolutely right that it doesn't have to be the superstar that is traded for to, to get you into the World Series and to win a championship. And uh that's something I, I should remember. Thank you, Sully, yeah. for reminding yeah.
0: me. I mean, ever <laughs> like I'm trying to you go down the line almost every postseason, there's some there is some Dave Roberts, there yeah. is some Dave Henderson, there's a Jeff Blum. You know, there's a uh, Jeff Weaver. There's someone who who was not part of the team at the beginning of the year. Hell, who saved the Cubs' first World Series title since 1908? Mike Montgomery, (laughs) who was on the Mariners up until July. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, Zobrist coming in to the Royals and helping them win. You know, I mean, there's... Every, every time there's a, there's a championship, there's always that one player who helps you win, and you go, man, when he was acquired, nobody thought of it. But let me tell you, right. we're always going to think of you, J.D. front. So tell people where they can listen to your great show.
1: Well, obviously, you can find us on Lockdown Cardinals. Uh, we're we're available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube. We're making a push, Sully. We're trying to get to uh, 5,000 subscribers before opening day. We're about 300 short at the moment. So if you are interested in the Cardinals and uh, you, you like what you're hearing here with Sully and I, uh, feel free to stop on by, subscribe and like and comment because uh, we're always commenting with each other and interacting uh, down below in the comment section. And uh, we like to bring up a lot of people's opinions and it's it's good banter. It's good. It's baseball people talking ball, and it's uh, it's always a good time.
0: Well, thanks so much for making Locked On. That will be your first listen. Obviously, make Locked On Cardinals your second listen. Your third listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Now you can follow us at Lockedon MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And we're also on YouTube. We are pushing to get one billion subscribers. We are Attaboy. several we hun- we're several hundred million short. <laughs> Come on, folks. We only have a few days left to clear <laughs> one billion followers actually do you let's want, do be it honest, i'll be honest with you, i have no clue how many followers <laughs> but no, i've never even looked all <laughs> right this has been locked on mlb locked on cardinals crossover that's jd affran i'm paul francis sullivan please call me sully